Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Tao podcast. This is where we feature news, tips and insights on B2B sales. Happy to have you here. We have here in today's episode Eric Box, founder and CEO of Revbox, to talk about the fundamentals of a strong sales process and strategy. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to participate. It's an exciting conversation to have because I'm sure a lot of sales teams, sellers, even marketers are looking for these unique best practices and tips as we get ready for a new session and a new year. And everyone has a specific kickoff at the start of the year and they want to figure out different roadmaps to follow. And they set the pace and set all of that in place during these, the start of the year, especially. So this is the right time to have this conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Before we dive in, why don't you take us through your journey? Tell us about yourself and more about RevBoss as well. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, I'm really happy to be on the show and to talk with you and we'll be very happy to share whatever I know and hope that it can be helpful. So I leave work boss. We're a sales prospecting company. We combine software and services to lead outbound programs for close to 200 clients around the world. Most of our clients are business services providers like marketing agencies and PR firms. We work with a lot of SaaS companies and technology companies in a number of odds and ends beyond that. In short, our mission is to help these companies get the right message in front of the right prospects. And we do that with email and display ads primarily, and we're looking to add on some new channels with some new software that we're building in 2024. All of this sounds very exciting, especially the software bit. Yeah, well, it's been a big area of investment for us from the very start. And certainly over the past several months, rounding out a number of core features and functionalities that are going to let us launch some new offerings in the new year that we're going to let us make some adjustments on pricing and packaging that we think is going to make RevBoss broadly applicable to a much larger market than the one that we're serving today. So I think it's going to be really interesting first half of the year for us as we get this stuff out the door and start learning from it. I'm sure while that's happening on the one hand, it's very important to stay abreast of the market trends because while you're building a software, you need to build out a product based on what the industry needs, based on the current lags. So quickly, when it comes to the modern state of B2B technology sales, the way you see it today, what strategies and trends are like commanding the marketplace today? And what kind of do you think will set the tone for 2024 as well? There are a lot of ways to answer that question. And I think the best place to start is the broader context. Outside of a handful of categories, it's been a rough sales year for SaaS companies in B2B and for service providers in B2B. And it's, I'm not an economist, but it's all kind of lagging effect from all the things that happened six, 12, 18 months ago. Uh, the American economy and, and broadly the world economy is doing quite well considering what could have been. And it seems likely in the United States that we're gonna have a soft landing and that we're back on, on our groove. The impact of that is in the next six, 12, 18 months. And the past time period has been hard and it's caused a lot of companies to question how they operate. It's certainly caused us to question and change how we operate. And I think there are a few headlines that are true and always have been true. And I think that there are some things that might look and feel different now and heading into the new year. A few things that are always true and, and always have been and always will be is that the story matters more than anything. And the story relates to the buyer's story 
as much as mine, the seller's story. So any client that we work with, any product or service that I've ever sold and the career that I've had, the buyer buys a story. And a lot of times that story relates to their problem. It relates to the solution that you can provide. It relates to you, the seller, in terms of how you can be a solution to the problem that they're solving. And it involves their own narrative, their own career aspirations, their own short-term company goals. And that hasn't changed at all. And that will probably never change, even when the robots are running. And sales is nothing but AI sending emails back and forth to each other. There's still a human that makes a decision and they make those decisions based on human factors. Uh, so I think that's one thing that has been true and will remain to be true. And I think that the other is that you can't outsell a bad product. And that's an area where we frequently run into problems with our clients. And a lot of times we don't even take those projects on. There has to be some uniqueness to what you sell. And that uniqueness can take a lot of forms. It can be features, it can be brand, it can be story, but it's really hard out there in general right now and has been for the past six and 12 months. And the successes that we have had and that we've seen our clients have, it has all been due to the fact that there's some uniqueness to the product in the solution it provides or, or the sort of story it conveys to the buyer. So two quick things that have always been the same. And I think some things that are changing, I think the BDR SDR playbook, I don't think it's destroyed, but I think that it is, it has changed. The idea in B2B SaaS where you just go hire a class of 10 kids fresh out of university, maybe 25 years old and younger, you throw them at the phone and they just rip calls and scorch the earth with prospecting emails and prospecting activities. I imagine that still works for a lot of people. I imagine it will always continue to work in some pockets, but it is decreasingly effective for us. And I have plenty of evidence from friends and clients that suggest it's just decreasingly effective in general. And what that, the, I think that's symptomatic of just lazy marketing and lazy execution. And things like AI are going to make that, make it even easier to be lazy. And so in short, there's just a lot of noise and cutting through that noise is just getting harder and it's going to stay hard. The way that we're circumventing that, working through it, the way I would encourage your listeners to, to work through it is to focus a lot more on resonance. You can still send a lot of email. You can still make a lot of phone calls, but the hook has to be clear. Not just I'm emailing you because you're a software company that looks like the software companies that we sell to. The resonance might be something related to an action that happened with your company. It might be something you might have visited my website or I might have emailed you and then you visited my website or I maybe you visited my website and I unmasked your IP and think that you might be the person. It might be a job change. There are a lot of things that can trigger activity that can provide a lot more um, story, frankly, to the outreach. And I think that's an area that we're investing in where we're starting to see a lot of success. And I think the other thing that's obvious, and I think in the briefing document that we discussed, I think you maybe have a question here, but AI is going to fundamentally change the way people do everything in sales in, in next year. And I think the the cautionary tale there is to help it make you actually better, not just lazier. We've incorporated a lot of AI into RevBoss as it relates to transactions, tagging, sorting, categorizing, transactional email. Like I joke about AI responding to email. We're doing that now. I don't know if the responses that we're getting are AI, but we're generating responses that are AI and sending them on behalf of our clients. And it worked great with transactional 
elements that are well-defined and simple, it's still not that great at generative net new copy. And I think that a lot of companies might be getting a little bit over their skis in terms of how and where they invest in AI. I hope, I think we've been smart about it by using it in the most clearly defined transactional type scenarios. So that's a long rambly answer. I think I gave two things that will be true in 2024 and two things that I think are, are changing in 2024. And I think it's all opportunity. It's all opportunity for sellers. It's all opportunity for agencies and consultants and SaaS providers like me. And for folks like you that operate in this category that that bring together thinkers and, and talkers to make sense of what's going on. Absolutely. So as we and everyone else in the industry looks forward to a very exciting, very dynamic 2024, it'll be obviously very interesting to dive a little deeper into something that very briefly spoke about the importance of having a story, your product itself, its features, like not just a story, but the USB there, but also a story when it comes to sales, as well as if you extend it a bit further when it comes to marketing. So especially for this B2B technology SaaS marketplace, as teams get ready for their new session, their new kickoffs, the new year, what sales processes or what kind of tips come to mind when it comes to the entire emailing, cold calling, prospecting efforts? So I think most sales teams during this time, they have these get-togethers, these brainstorming sessions. And as we said, it sets the pace for the year or at least for the next couple of quarters. So how do you think teams, especially sales leaders, and those building out the entire, whether they're restructuring the team when it comes to looking for certain skills, especially those who are more comfortable using AI-powered tools, for instance, or those who are more analytical and can use data from these various sales tech platforms a lot more easily. So everything, when it comes to building the team, when it comes to restructuring processes and the end-to-end emailing, calling, as well as prospecting efforts, what tips would you share as you can, as quickly in a summary as you can, because otherwise this itself would need three podcast sessions. (laughs) Yeah, I think you actually, you stated the answer to your own question, I think, in in a really smart way when you talked about applying different people at different steps. So I think that the way we're thinking about sales process and strategy, particularly outbound sales process and sales strategy going forward, and I would imagine most sales leaders are the right solution for the right problem. And if you think about the sort of life cycle of a a prospecting rep or or a prospect that is being prospected, they have to be defined, identified, sourced, messaged, worked through a sequence of activities, retargeted with ads and LinkedIn, and and maybe you get a hit, maybe you don't. And then they got to bubble back up 60 days from now or 90 days from now to go through that process again. And several years ago, a human had to do every step of that. And then maybe five, six, seven years ago, outbound prospecting specific products and services have come about so that there is a lot more automation and structure and organization to the process. And so a human doesn't have to do every step or remember every step. It can get triggered in an organized way. And the thing that we have now is we have this hive mind that can think and solve problems and make decisions on our behalf. And that is a new solution that can be thrown at these different steps. And so one of the things that we're trying to do that that we are having a lot of uh, effectiveness doing is that a human doesn't have to go to a website to source unique information. A human doesn't have to go to LinkedIn and extract information 
uh, a human doesn't have to decide who the next best prospect is. And there are these sort of out-of-the-box AI tools that can do some of that. And then there are other things where you have to thread together some systems and, and use AI at different steps in that process. What we have now is a scenario where, you know, people, software, and let's just call it intelligence, artificial intelligence, it's like the third leg to the stool now. And you can do the same thing ostensibly with a much higher degree of effectiveness and much more efficiently. And I know for a fact that's what sales leaders are looking for. That's what we're building for. And we're hoping that we're meeting the market at a time when it wants to have that solution. You know, for the things that we're building and for the things that we know some of a certain segment of our clients want, um, they want to upload a batch of 5,000, 10,000, however many prospects that they know are the right fit for their business. They want to feed that into a piece of software that can send emails, that can show ads, that can trigger other activities based on action, status, some other trigger, uh, and can build a perpetual motion machine, right? Where prospects are just in this hopper and things are happening and the touch points are personalized, the, the, the touch points are timely because they're triggered based on some activity, and it doesn't require a lot of human interaction outside of feeding it messaging, feeding it creative content, feeding it prospects, knowing when to pull someone out of a flow and, and, and try to snap them one-on-one -on -one versus letting the, the machine do the work. That's what we're working toward. And that's not a scenario where you need 10 BDRs to do that. You maybe have two or one or none if you are the owner, founder, CEO of a 30-person of a PR firm or something like that. So I think that is thematically the best practice headline heading into the new year, and that can be applied in dozens and dozens of ways. Absolutely. So taking this a step forward, when it comes to AI, because AI is, I don't think any conversation in this current scenario is complete without the words AI or without one part of the conversation dedicated to what's going to happen or what should happen or what route is that whole uh, segment going to take for not just sales, marketing, but everything else out there. So specifically when it comes to AI, what should teams internally be doing more of to improve their output with optimized use of this technology? So oftentimes when you talk to MarTech, sales tech, not the users, when you talk to the teams as a whole. So one of the common problems or challenges is uh, when it, com uh, it comes to optimizing your entire stack, integrating everything, ensuring that everything is like talking to each other, everyone, the right people have access to the right systems and the right data at the right, at the right time so that the next steps can accordingly be planned and uh, actioned appropriately. So there's a lot more to it than just taking the newest uh, chat GPT, for example. You can't just like tell it to write a blog. You need to yeah. keep certain parameters in mind. Like it just won't be very you need good. To, yes, <laughs> you need somebody to edit it and like properly yeah. like have a human fact check everything as well. And, you know, it's not just about taking the newest AI feature and, you know, saying, oh, I use it. And, you know, I'm an AI driven, I have an AI driven process and so stuff like that. It's more about, knowing what to use and how do you implement it effectively to boost that output. So when it comes to this especially, what thoughts would you like to share? In, in terms of, I can speak to specifically a few things that I know that we're doing, I know that some of our clients are doing with regards to uh, applying these tools. The, the first part of your question was about orchestration. 
and all everything in the stack speaking together. In our category, broadly speaking, a, there's a lot of consolidation happening with Sales Loft and Outreach and Apollo and Gong and all these tools are just starting to crash together in that they all do the same thing and are making the same acquisitions and they're trying to be the the end-to-end stack for the individual sales rep. And clearly there is a giant opportunity there. We see it a little differently in that we like to sell into the down, the, the lower part of the market. Like our typical client is 10 to 100 employees and the average is probably closer to, you know, 35 or 40. So on the lower end of that. And the the issue is that sellers that work on small teams don't need all that stuff. Right. They need the basics and something that's pretty simple and that that uses those tools and solves the problems for them. And so these organizations that have large teams, have dedicated sales ops people, have VPs of marketing and VPs of sales that are really experienced and know what they're doing, heck yeah, they're going to go out and buy the best tools and do the coolest things and like optimize every edge case opportunity imaginable. The reality, if you're a 20, 30, 50 person uh, marketing agency or SaaS company, probably can't afford those tools and they're probably massively overkill for what you actually need. And you're better off with something that's simple. And I, I would imagine that a lot of sales leaders, at the same time they're trying to apply these new technologies like ChatGPT and related, they're also trying to simplify their sales stack, ripping out tools and either replacing with consolidated offerings or just ripping things out that they're not making use of in the name of simplicity. Once you find yourself having to like manage the process versus manage your team that's executing the process, then you probably have a process that's that's a little overly complicated. Uh, I can tell you that we use a handful of simple out-of-the-box tools at RefBoss that we thread together with Zapier. And it's basically like our secret weapon <laughs> for ourselves and for our clients. And so that that's how how we see process efficiency and process management playing at multiple places in the market. Absolutely. So before we wrap up for the day, five fundamentals of B2B sales that should never change in your view and those that should form the basis of any B2B sales strategy. Well, I shared a few of them already. Five, let's see if I can, let's see if I can like think of a couple more extemporaneously. One, people buy from people and you need to know your story and you need to know their story for why they buy. Two, the product has to be good. You can't outsell a bad product and products are bad for a lot of reasons. It might be that the product is great, but you're selling it to the wrong person. It might be that the product doesn't actually solve the right problem. It might be missing a feature or missing some sort of core piece of the value. Three, restating what I just said uh, a minute ago, simple is better. These overly complicated, overly engineered sales processes, particularly for small smaller teams and smaller companies, they do more harm than good. I would strongly encourage simple, clean process over complexity and endless automation and and endless triggers. I think um, four on my list, outbound always works. And of course, I like run an outbound company. So I'm going to say that, but it does. It always works. 
phone doesn't always work for everybody. It works for some. Email doesn't always work for everybody. LinkedIn doesn't always work for everybody. But if you have a great product and a great story, you can get it in front of the right people and you can move the needle for your business. Number five, the team matters than all of, uh, matters more than all of these things. You can nail number one, two, three, and four, but if you don't have the right VP of sales, she doesn't have the right team under her, it's not gonna matter. And frankly, the first four things that I mentioned, the story, product, simple process, excuse me, you can cut that part out. I, I'm, I'm a little hoarse, I'm, I'm, if you can tell. <laughs> I'm a little it's, bit hoarse. It sounds, it's, it's been a naturally flowing conversation, so it sounds. Okay, okay, sorry. So yeah, the first four things that I mentioned, that's just time and effort. You can get those things over time. And none of them matter if you don't have number five, which is the right people on the phone, the right people recruiting, the right people training and hiring and leading your team. Absolutely. Eric, I think in all this has been a very interesting conversation. And of course, no conversation in this podcast series is ever like complete in these 10, 15 sessions. 10, 15 minute sessions that we do. So of course, we're definitely going to have you back again, extend this theme, talk about like a part two, dive deeper into the effects of AI and sales. And so until the next episode, we wish you and the team at RevBoss all the very best. And in case there's anything else we can do for you until our next conversation, feel free to reach out. Thank you, Paroma. Thank you.